Welcome, our guests are with us. We're glad you're in the house of the Lord with us on this first Sunday of a new year. And I feel led of the Lord to preach to you what I'm going to lay before you this morning uh, from His Word. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16 is our text. And I read it first of all from the English Standard Version, which says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. I read the same text to you from the message translation, which I don't frequently use, but I am today for the sake of a little simplicity with the word. Colossians 3 and 16, the message says, let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct, direct one another using good common sense and sing, sing your hearts out to God. So I want to speak to you this morning for just a few minutes on the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. And that is a euphemism among us in which we simply are referring to this book. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. If you ever hear from God, quote unquote, and it's not in congruence with this, you have not heard from God. This is the word of God. Now I have taught you, and and, and so I'm putting this foundation up front. I have taught you and I will continue to attempt to teach you that the word of God bore flesh. Jesus Christ is the personification of the word of God. So to know Christ, you cannot know him spiritually without knowing his word. You must know his word to know the man, Christ Jesus. You can't talk in tongues enough to know Christ. You're going to have to get in the word. So I want to speak to you for just a few minutes this morning from the word of the Lord. Would you take the hand of the person who's next to you? If you don't like them, pray pray over them that God would put a love in your heart for them. And let's ask the Lord to minister in this place and instill in our hearts what we need to know and hear for this beginning of the year. Lord, you're our God. We say that with honestly a jealousy in our heart for I'm jealous over you as you're jealous over me. I long for you to show yourself as my God. As we stand in this room in the moment, we're asking the anointing of your presence and glory in the house that your word may come alive and implant itself deep in the hearts of fertile ground, that it may produce after its kind and produce in us the will and purpose of God, that we may be children of fruitfulness, that we may be children of obedience that produce good fruit so that your kingdom is advanced and your truth is made real and ready in this generation. We ask you for this in Jesus' holy name. Guide this lump of clay. Order my lips and tongue and the treasure of my heart to speak according to your will. And we trust you and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, praise the Lord. Lord. Find two or three people and greet them in Jesus' name.
your attitude toward the word of the Lord will determine your success. Your attitude toward the word of the Lord will determine your happiness. And your attitude toward the word of the Lord will determine your usefulness as a servant of the Lord. If you have a red letter print Bible, which I do, and, and I, I would recommend uh, that you get one. And, and even nowadays, those of you who don't carry a physical Bible, which I don't think there's any sin in that, um, because some of the tools are actually better than a physical Bible anymore. I, I write all my notes uh, online now, and even when I'm reading through the scripture in, at my computer and thoughts drop in my mind, I have tools that allow me to write notes straight there in my Bible. But as you read the word of the Lord and you come across, and, and having said all that, even the versions on your tablets or phones or computers or red letter print nowadays if you so choose most of them in, invest in good bible stuff invest in good bible stuff invest in a whole lot of garbage that's french for garbage how about investing in good study material for the word of the lord i spend thousands of dollars in research tools, not sermon notes, research tools. Because the scripture implores me to be a student of the word, not because I'm a preacher, but because I'm a Christian. Paul tells Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's not preacher's work. That's all of our work. As you read through uh, the, the Gospels, you will find that portions of the Gospel are in red. These are the portions that scholars through the years have determined were spoken by Jesus. It's been researched enough and studied enough that we are fairly certain that they are accurate in determining that these are the words of Jesus. And, and I'm saying this to you to help you understand if you ever get into textual criticism or hear those who talk textual criticism, they'll make you doubt the word of the Lord. You must be careful not to doubt the word of the Lord. And to tell you that, that in the, in the Greek language, there are no such thing as quotes. You can't read a Greek Bible and say, oh, now he, Jesus begins to speak here. It's not, not quite that easy. There's research, there's study to determine it. Now he begins to speak. And there's words. The, the way the words are written, it, it's not super difficult. It can be understood. But I don't want you to think that they, the, translation, the translators looked at the Greek and said, oh, here's Jesus began to speak right here. No, no, no. There, there had to be some study done. This word of God that you have in your hand costs some people some time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears. Thus, we need to value it tremendously because men have given their lives. I'm talking about our kind of men have given their lives so that you could hold this possession in your hands. There, we, we, we sometimes discount the translators, but brothers and sisters, we wouldn't have this word of God in our hands had it not been for men who were scholars who took the time to ascertain what the word meant and bring it to us to understand what it means to us. Let's be careful. 
and began to value this precious book that God in his sovereignty has guarded so carefully and overlooked so watchfully to make sure that it has come to us with the most accuracy it possibly can come. We have new translations today, the ESV in particular, which I put a lot of weight in the English Standard Version translation because of its credibility as a translation. Men gave multiples of hours to make sure to be honest with every word as it came forth from original text. The beauty of our day is that there's been much more search and rescue of old texts that now prove to us even more that the translators were pretty accurate in their early translations. Although modern translations make some adaptations, it's often very close to what the original translators brought into our hands to hold today. We are blessed people. We are overwhelmingly blessed people because we have a word of God that is accurate, a word that you can hold on to and ascertain the will of God and the purpose of God. You ought to value your Bible instead of letting it sit on a shelf or on the dashboard of your car never to be touched. Your attitude toward this word of God is going to determine your success. Your attitude is going to determine your happiness. Your attitude toward the word of God is going to determine your ability to be used by God. It's all about the word of God. Jesus even pronounced a a blessing upon his disciples because they were perceptive and that they used their eyes to see and they used their ears to hear. For he says to them in Matthew 13, 16, blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. I'm telling you after 25 years of pastoring, there is a uniqueness in blessing when your eyes actually do see and your ears really do hear. There is a blessing from the Lord that enlightens your understanding to his word. And it is truly a blessing by the Holy Ghost. It's a miracle. We're looking for miracles of healing. I'm telling you, when I preach the word of the Lord under the anointing of the Lord and the power of God enlightens your understanding and the lights go on and you understand something for the first time, that is a Holy Ghost miracle. That is a sovereign move of Almighty God. When the Holy Ghost opens your eyes and you see truth for the first time that applies to you. Don't talk to me that miracles aren't happening at Highland Village Church. Every time this preacher steps in this pulpit, a word of God goes forth and lights are turned on and hearts have the potential to be changed because the miracle of the word of God. Matthew 14 or 13 43 same chapter just a little later he says then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand he's not talking about these eyes he's not talking about these ears that's not what he's blessing he's blessing the spiritual eye he's blessing the spiritual ear which hears the voice of the Holy Ghost and says oh Holy Ghost you're talking to me oh Holy Ghost your word has come alive for me he uses these physicals you you ever been with somebody in an an event and you were both at the same event you walk out and they tell you what they saw and you, you know what you saw and you're like were we at the same thing you ever been in an event and somebody told you I heard this that and the other thing and you walk out there going I never heard any of that it's because this is a move of God God has handpicked the preaching of his word to save them that believe. I don't mean to be disrespectful to our music department. By no means. I love them. I thank God for them. But the Bible does not say they're saved by singing. 
It is the word of God that ought to move you. It is the preached word of God that ought to stir you. It is the preached and taught word of God that ought to bring about transformation and cause your heart to respond. It's the preaching and the teaching of the precious word of God anointed by the spirit of God. And if you hear and if you see, you ought to shout because he let you see and he let you hear. The longest recorded sermon in scripture of Jesus Christ, as you well know, is the Sermon on the Mount. It's full of definitive instructions that we are to obey. Jesus did not speak passively. He did not speak as though up in some cloud somewhere without definition, without clarity. He starts out his sermon laying some principles of blessing upon those who are humble, those who are are meek in spirit. He talks about those things, but he also goes into some reality. Matthew 6, 1 through 6, watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. For you will lose your reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Matthew 6, 1 is not talking about offerings. Bless God, I don't want the right hand. No, 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 that's not talking about anything about offerings to the church. It had nothing to do with tithing to the church. When we ask you to bring it, that has nothing to do with Matthew 6, 1. Matthew 6, 1 is about helping the poor. Alms is about helping the poor. It's not about bringing offerings and tithe to the house of God. This is worship. Well, I got some money. That's a miracle. (laughs) This is worship. I worship publicly. Praise God publicly. That's worship. If somebody says to me, hey, Pastor, you got some money, you can help me out. Now, I worship, I got one dollar. I don't get up here and say, oh, sister so-and-so just came to me needing a little help. Can, can, hey, hey, hey. I want y'all to see I'm giving her a dollar. Okay, I, I'll bury this message. I'm only on page 2 of 12, so i got to hurry. When you come, when you, when you see somebody in need, don't do that as hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogue and streets to call attention to your active chair. I want to tell you how much we gave. I want to tell you how big, man, I'm going to tell you what we did. I tell you the truth, they've received all the reward they'll ever get. When you give to someone in need, don't tell your left hand what your right hand's doing. This is when you're giving to the poor. Don't tell your left hand what the right hand's doing. Give your gifts in private and your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, close the door. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. But he's talking about, he's giving clear instructions on how to function. These are not arbitrary. These are not, well, I wonder what he's trying to say. Nope, that's pretty clear. Matthew 6, 18. And when you fast which some of us are getting to do. I hope all of you do. So let me give you some instructions from Jesus. When you fast, don't make it obvious. I know what it is to be 
don't stand up. I've asked the Lord enough to know what it is to feel weakness in my body so bad I could not do work. Oh, don't grab it. There's a reality that you hit your life. You know, take a good shower, wash yourself up, clean your eyeballs out, put some good smelling stuff on because your body stinks for a while. When you're really fasting for a little bit of time, your body begins to excrete the junk that's inside of you. And you stink to the heavens. Put some stuff on. You don't wear clothes, you're going to wear it now. The perfume's not your gift, and my God get you some perfume now. So that you don't, so we don't know who you are. Alright, All right. Good. Yeah. I just don't think I can tell you more. Then you ruined it. You ruined it. You destroyed what the Lord had in store for you. Yeah. <laughs> He said, when you fast, don't make it obvious. As a kid, hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people will admire them for their fasting. Oh, they must be fasting. Just, just look at it. I've, I've been around this all my life. And I've seen people try to look spiritual when they're fasting. Man, quit trying to look spiritual. Just be it. Dress like you're just normal. Act like you're normal. Do, do your stuff normally. Now, if you're on an extended fast, there are some limitations that began to happen. I'm not going to get into all that because there's few, if any of you, who will ever go there. I t- and if you think lunch is an extended fast, dear God, you've got problems. <laughs> if you think lunch, dinner, and breakfast is an extended fast, you've got problems. That is not an extended fast. Your body needs that break all the time. You ought to be doing that every week, at least one day a week. Forget the Word of God. That's just good health. I'm right, am I, Sister Nicole? You got a doctor right here. I'll help, I'll help your health better than any doctor you've ever met. Fast once a week. And then when the Lord deals with you, fast two or three days. I feel like I'm talking to a, like a foreign country right here. You, you wouldn't think I'm talking to apostolic Christians. Well, I tell you the truth. They, only, they already have the reward. I already got mine. I decided I was going to fast today. That's a joke because I'm going out to lunch with some people after church. But I'm fasting. I just messed it up because I poor mouthed it around here. When you fast, comb your hair. Wash your face. This is the Bible. Next verse. Or next screen, whatever it is. When you fast, comb your hair. Wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting. I've added, put some cologne on. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Matthew 7, 7. I got a book. My goodness. I'm, this is all nothing, just foundation here. Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking. You'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. This, this is the word of God. This is not, this is not uh, well, I wonder what he wants me to do. Keep asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Well, I tell you what, we've been praying for this for years. I'm just about ready to give up. I've just been looking and looking in the Word of God for an answer to this dilemma, and I cannot find an answer from the Word of the Lord at this point in time. Man, I've gone back to the Lord. I've gone back to that particular person a hundred zillion times, to say the least, trying to get an answer. 
For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. I want you to notice that. Either the Bible's the biggest lie the world has ever known and you don't believe it, or we believe it and it's the truth. Those are not, those are not neutral words. Those are not just words I can put in any category I want to put them in. He said everyone. Who asked? Receive. How come you're not receiving? Have you quit asking? If I could take you back to original language, and I will for just a moment. You probably need me to carry a microphone around. I'll take you back to original language. We, in the English, we terminate the word. Everyone who asks, that is not what the original language does. Original language says, everyone who keeps asking receives an answer. Everyone who keeps seeking. There is no termination in the Greek of this text. This text means you just keep on doing it. You don't stop asking. You don't stop seeking. You don't stop knocking. You just keep doing it until you receive, until you find, until the door is opened. I prayed for months. I prayed for years. Dear God, look at some Old Testament characters who prayed multiple years for an answer. If some Josephs were in the room and got thrown in jail, we'd never see a miracle. This thing's really ringing goofy up here. If some Josephs got thrown in jail, we'd all be in trouble. They wouldn't have the stamina to stick it out for two or three years until an answer came. They'd give in and say, my God, where's Potiphar's wife? Let's get this over with. Okay, moving on. For you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Well, if you do, you're an abusive parent. And in our day, we've probably got some parents who do something dumb like that. We've got some wackadoodle stuff going on in this world. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people Yeah, the one of you that just said, not me. That is, in fact, you are prime case number one. You are the biggest sinner among us because of your pride. The root of all sin. He said, you sinful people, you know how to give good gifts to your children. We just got out of Christmas, man. Even that kid that's been giving you trouble all year long, you figured out a way to give him something good. There's not a kid in this building who got coal for Christmas. That's a joke. Because of you bunch of softy parents. You're a bunch of wimps. You won't stand up, look at that child and say, we didn't get you anything this year. You're the devil incarnate. Till you pray through, you're not getting a gift from us. As long as till Jesus comes. You're going to get right, start living for God. Not a one of you did it. Including me. He said, if that's us, how much more? How much more? One word in the Greek, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who keep asking, keep knocking, and keep seeking? I'm trying to give you the word of the Lord today. 
Jesus brings the Sermon of the Mount, I read those three texts to you to tell you Jesus wasn't passive. There are clear instructions. If you look at me and say, Pastor, I don't know what to do, then you have not read your Bible. You don't need me to tell you what to do. Oh, this is good. It's going to get rubber meat the road right now. You don't need me to tell you what to do. You need to call a personal prayer meeting and get the word of God out in front of you and read until you get a word from the Lord. And the word from the Lord isn't to shout and dance and hoop and holler and beat your head out on the wall. The word from the Lord is do something. Or don't do something. Oh, there are times at which the Lord spoke to me from the word of God and told me to just wait. Be still and know that I am God. I've read that on occasions when I deal with trouble and I want to get my hand in the mix and blow it up bigger than life. And the Lord speak to me in my prayer season and opened the word of God and began to read. And all of a sudden come across the text and let me see either a story in scripture or that in fact text, which is say, be still and know that I am God. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Okay, God, I got the, I got the message. I'm going to lay her down. It's your problem now. I'm going to keep on walking. Some of us, many of us do not appreciate this book. And you're going into 2018 the same old way you lived 2017. And that is leaning to your own understanding and leaning to, leaning to your own reasoning and leaning to your own surmisings. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to have a worse 2018 than you had 2017 unless you get a hold of the Word of God and say, Father, I'm sick and tired of what's going on here. Instruct me from your Word that I may inherit the blessing and reward of the Lord and that I may walk according to your will and see your hand at work in me and through me. You don't need some ooly, ooly, ooly situation. You need a personal prayer meeting in the word of God. You need to pray until you pray in the spirit. You need to pray until you're in the spirit. Until you know the Holy Ghost is praying through you. Till you've been surrendered to the Holy Ghost and it's the power of the Holy Ghost and not you who's praying. And then in that moment, flip your Bible open as you're on your face before God. Whether you're laid out or kneeling or whatever your thing is or laying on your back. Get your Bible out and say, now Lord, I'm here to hear a word from you. I've got to have a message. I've got you. I've got to, I need you to tell me what I need to do. I'm before you, Lord. I'm desperate for you, God. You gotta speak to me from your word. I'm hungry for. And then when he speaks, do it. Do it. I told you all that to tell you he concluded the Sermon on the Mount, which you've heard me talk about numerous times. In chapter 7 and verse uh, uh, 7, he says, uh, excuse me, chapter 7 and verse 24, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it, it's not just listening. This is only part of the work, church. Come into the house of God to hear the preacher and open your Bible every day to read the Word of God and pray every day to hear the Spirit of the Lord speak the Word of God to you. It's only part of the work. If that's all you do, you fail. You got to get up and obey. You got to get out there and do what the Spirit of the Lord has spoken for you to do. He said, if you, if he said, if you hear this teaching and follow it, it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings... And doesn't obey it. There's still church going folk. They're not, they're not bad people. 
They're not, they're not, they're not, not reading. They're reading, they're praying, they're coming to church. And, oh, that's just, you know, we love to come to church so we can, you know what, you don't even care what we preach. I could preach, I could preach false doctrine. Some of you wouldn't even know, wouldn't know a thing about it. You walk out here and say, boy, wasn't that a great message? You would. If I, if I painted it just right and gave you the right kind of stories, there's, a, there's people in this room, you don't know enough of the Word of God that the flare would go off in your spirit and say, whoa, Jack, that don't sound right. You trust me too much. Do I want to be trusted? Yes. But you need to have a walk with God where the Word of God speaks to your heart. You need a personal knowledge of the word of God so that when word of God comes, it, it, there would be a different response in this church if this church were prayer and, uh, praying right and reading the word like you ought to. I've said this numerous times to people. When I, when I go to a meeting, when I go to a conference, and I sit down in that conference and that preacher begins to preach. Because I'm a student of the word and I dig the word all the time and I'm reading and it feeds me and it feeds me. When he gets on something the Holy Ghost has been talking to me about, you know what happens to Andrew King? Wow! Amen! Preach it! Whoa, hallelujah! Because it's already in me. He's just confirming what the Spirit's already had going in my spirit. Some of you, I'm informing you on things that you don't know because you aren't spending time in the Word of God to know the Word of God. What this place ought to be for you is a confirmation of what the Holy Ghost has already put in your spirit because you've been in the Word Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You've been praying Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and you walk in the house of God and the man of God under the direction of the Holy Ghost begins to speak to you what the Holy Ghost has been talking to you about all week and it ought to cause you to rise up and say thank you Jesus confirmation again Jesus whoa I love your word God when I'm your only source you're in trouble I'm not a bad guy I'm a guy who loves the word of God but for any of you when I'm your only source you're in trouble Hear me. He said the foolish man walks, hears it, and walks out and doesn't obey it. He's like a, he's like a person who built a house on the sand when the rains and floods came, winds beat against the house. It collapsed with a mighty crash. Can I tell you something? No matter how you're building your house, the storm will come. There's some of you who are avoiding truth because you don't want storms. Well, if we just won't make this too hard, storms won't come. Dude, you can't stop storms. If our weather service could figure out how to stop storms, they'd have done been stopping storms. Excuse my English. But here we are under a weather watch because they're worried that tonight it's going to freezing rain. I didn't, that's probably not proper English, but it's the rain is going to freeze. Storm's coming. Storm's coming. Storm's coming. Storm's coming. You can't stop the storm. It's coming to you too. It's going to blow your house all over God's green earth. You can't stop the storm. So what do we do? We get that Bible and we know that word of God. And we get on our face and we know the word of God. So when the wind begins to blow and the storm begins to rock, our house just moves with the wind. You know, they build houses to adjust. They know builders. I got some builders in the house. Y'all just shoot me down if I'm a liar. They know houses will settle. So in the building, they make adjustments. 
if they're smart. Get you a smart builder. When the storms and the winds began to blow heavily, unless they're extreme, houses and buildings are meant to give a little bit. You ever been in a storm in your house and heard creaking? Thank God you got a solid foundation. If you're in a mobile home, good luck. Or an RV. But those houses that are built on a built on a solid foundation, let the winds come. Let the it doesn't mean you're not gonna you're gonna avoid the storm. It doesn't mean that the storm's not gonna mess the outside of the house up a little bit. It's gonna happen. But if you're built on the word of God and obedience to the word of God, then let the storm come. And when you when the storm is over, your house will still stand. But if you don't build it on that, if you build on shifting sand of opinion and disobedience or your own will, you're gonna find the storm will destroy your house. Obey the word. Don't just read the word and walk out to forget it. Obey the word. <sighs> when we embrace the word of God and let it dwell in us richly, as the text said in Colossians, it changes the effectiveness of our prayer life and our spiritual vitality. Listen, when you begin to understand that this word has your answer in it, it will change the way you pray. It will change your spiritual walk with God. When you recognize that this book has an answer for you, it will change everything about your walk with God. I live by this book. I breathe by this book. My answers are in this book. Believe you me, there's nobody I can pick up the phone and call and say, hey brother, I got this stuff going on. Let me tell you what happens to Andrew King if I were to call such a person. Before you know it, it'd be on wordshare.us. It'd be all over the internet before you knew what happened because there ain't nobody you can hardly trust. But I've learned to trust the word of God. I've learned to trust the God in whom I put my confidence. I've learned to walk with him and he has not left me alone, but he will talk. He will instruct. He will teach us to obey him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. John 15, 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. What does he mean with this text? Let me read it to you from the message translation. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. It's about obedience and surrender to God for the answer to your prayer. I'm telling you, God is not silent. God's been speaking to some of you and you just won't obey because it's radical because it's extreme because it's over the top because it's uncomfortable because it's painful and yet the spirit of the Lord is talking to you and asking you to obey and you resist it and you resist it and the storms blow and the winds come and it's messing your house up and, ah! I'd rather live with the, tor the storm and the torment than obey God he said could you put that text back up there He said, if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you. You ask and heaven's going to listen and heaven's going to act. God is a little different than us in some ways, in many ways, but in one way with disobedient children. God does not reward disobedient children. I don't care what you think of God and what you, how soft you think Jesus is. He's not nearly as soft as everybody wants to paint him out to be. 
He does not reward disobedient children. He won't even deal with your sins until you confess them. They're hanging over your head until you come and confess. If you've not confessed sin in this building, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost for years and years, but you've got unconfessed sin in your life, can I tell you, brother and sister, hell is your destiny. You've got to confess. He doesn't arbitrarily wipe out sin. You've got to obey first. You've got to come and say, Father, I've sinned. Would you please blot out my sin? And the scripture tells us in verse John 1, 9, which I quote so often here, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But you've got to confess. You've got to obey. We're painfully observing our day in which men and women are hearing the word of God, at least to some level of understanding. And I'm not sure about all the levels of understanding, but we're living in an hour when the word of God is being preached, the word of God is being shown, and and there's some understanding going on, and they're leaving the word of God and not doing anything about what the word of God tells them to do. Listen to what the writer James says regarding such people in James 1, 22. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourself. When you hear the word of the Lord preached and the Holy Ghost deals with you where you're at, and you walk out of here and continue to live the way you've been living and don't make changes in obedience to the Word of God, you brought one more chink of deception into your life. And I'm standing here watching as people are radically being deceived in our day by a pseudo-gospel. A phony baloney doctrine that's comfortable for the flesh because it appeals to their flesh because they're not investing in the word of God and saying, Father, I'm not here to question why. I'm here to question how. Too many of you are asking the wrong question. You're asking why. That's his business. Your children ever ask you, Mom, why? Dad, why? And you said, because I'm dad or I'm mom. That's what Jesus is saying to you right now. Why, God? Why we got to do this? Because I said so. And if you have a rebellious spirit, that that response from the Lord right there goes. I'm a big boy. We're like children. I can't, I can't. All of you ought to make a trip to Highland, to, to Legacy Learning Place and spend a day in the observation tower. You're not far from them. Why? It's exactly what little children ask. Grown people understand the idea of authority and submission to authority. Mature people understand we don't see everything. Mature people understand that there's some things we'll never know and can't know until God chooses to show them. So, so, so mature Christians say, it's not why, God, it's how do you want me to do it, Lord? We need a dose of submission like you can't believe. We need a dose of Holy Ghost submittedness. I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about strong handedness. I'm not talking about throwing hammers and, and chopping heads off. I'm talking about a Holy Ghost in, 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 uh, incited spirit of submission that says you are it and we are not. 
God, you're in charge. We don't have to know all the whys, wherefores, and wherein's. We don't need to know the small print. The print's already there in your blood. You gave your life. So we'll just walk as the Spirit of the Lord commands us without knowing everything. He tells us that we will see right now through a glass darkly. But there's coming a day when we reach that city where he'll uncover it all and we'll know better by and by. But right now we may not know. We just have to walk by faith and not reasoned understanding. Hallelujah. Well, I hope I get done with this today. He said, for anyone who's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, that tells you there's some resistance. That tells you there's some work going to have to go and persevere. That means you got to press your way in. He that looks into the into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer, uh, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing, not in his hearing. Anybody can hear. True Holy Ghost, grace-filled people do more than hear. They do. Notice verse 5. Is it verse 5 or verse 25? Yeah, verse 25. My notes, I wrote verse 5. Bad deal. Could, could you quickly, I don't know, could you pull up the King James version of that same verse? It's, 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 a, it's a first, or excuse me, James chapter 1 verse 25. Just, just to help some of you King James lovers. I love it too. No, I'm not being critical. I love it too. If I'm going to dig, if I'm digging for a message, my brain is King James. The Lord speaks to me in King James. He does. It's because that's the ones I memorized through the years, want to know through the years. I haven't got that way with ESV. So King James. Well, I can live with this. The King James says, but he that looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Let me show you something. You know why people don't want to obey have you ever just, some of you need to do some self-evaluation. It'd be real healthy for you to just, during these next 21 days of fasting and prayer, if you, boy, now that's a different verse. I haven't seen that. Thank you. You're doing a good job. I'll put you on the spot. Just some of you live your life and never look at you. There's some of you live your life and look at you all the time. Neither one is healthy. You need to ta- Stop. And this season is the time to do it and do an inventory of you. Quit pointing your finger at everybody else. It's time to look at you. He said, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. The the ESV version says, and perseveres, or message version says, and perseveres. He says, continues. In other words, keeps doing what the perfect law of liberty is telling him to do. Don't you find it intriguing that most of the time what you're going to hear from people who are walking away from the perfect law of liberty, you know what they're real, you know what they'll tell you their reason is? Man, I love you. They're looking for liberty. That church is too restricting. I'm looking for some freedom. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and obeys. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed. So I want you to notice something here real quickly. 
I've lost my place, but it says, notice 25 carefully. We're watching the deceived seek to do their own will and ignore the word of God in the name of liberty. But the Bible tells us that looking into the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God. Of those of you that don't know what the perfect law of liberty is, this is the perfect law of liberty right here. That is in fact what the text is pointing to. It's pointing to the word of God, not necessarily this text, but it's pointing to the word of God. We now know this is the text. He said he's looking at, uh, but, but the Bible tells us looking at the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and then doing it is the key to liberty. The key to your liberty is found in your surrendered obedience to authority in your life. Your freedom is directly correlated with spiritual authority and submission to that authority. The word says so. But we want to get out from under the cover and shelter, which has some rules in it. I got to be careful how I illustrate this. But marriage has rules to it. We stand, whether it's in the courtroom or with a preacher. We stand in the courtroom or with a preacher and we commit to one another. Right? Those rules give us some freedom. Now in the generation we live in, there's freedom outside those rules. There's also great pain, hurt, and rejection. Inside this institution created by God called marriage, there is safety and security and freedom to be liberal because of the rules that guard the relationship. I'm telling you, you'll never know freedom until you fully surrender to Jesus Christ in your life. And in that submittedness to his authority, you'll know more freedom than you've ever known in your life. Don't be deceived, brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived by hearing the word and walking out not to do it. Because in forgetting what the word of God says, you deceive yourself and you fool yourself. And you start listening to voices that will cater to your flesh because the world is full of fleshliness. What I'm preaching to you today is rare. We're in rare air here. Air Jordan has nothing on this. Paul wasn't just messing around when he writes the text in Colossians 3.16 and says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Man, make the word of God your feast. Make the word of God your dining pleasure. Let it dwell. So that when trouble comes, the first thing that begins to pop out of your head and your mouth is the word of God. You began to preach to yourself. You don't pick up the phone. You just began to hear the word of God spoil itself forth from your spirit and just spoil right a, a spin right out there. And you say, oh my goodness, that's the word of God. You can't believe the times I've been walking through storms and be downcast and, and despondent and just my God, is there an answer anywhere? Where are you, God? Be walking down the hallway and all of a sudden the word of God began to spew out of my own mouth. And I'll be saying, it's like singing a song. Don't realize what you're singing until you just say it enough times. Also, oh my goodness, huh, what was I just singing? Word of God began to come out of my mouth. And I'll begin to, I'll stop and hear myself. What I'm saying, oh my goodness, he's talking to me. 
because there's much of it in here. If you don't have it in you, you can't be helped. I, I, you guys hang with me. You doing okay? So what are you what are you doing with the Word of God? Do you study the Word? Do you accept the Word of God as the authority for truth? Do you accept the Word of God as the authority for warnings in your life? Do you accept the Word of God as the guideline and the instructor of your way? Is that how you take this Word? I'm telling you, your attitude toward the Word is going to determine your walk. If you take this Word and say, well, that's just one opinion. Well, that sounded nice. I just don't know how to live that. You know what? If you don't know how to live it, pray until you do. So many of us, I'm afraid, I hate, I hate to even say this. I don't want to say this. But I'm afraid many of us don't even go to this for answers. We'll call a professional before we'll call the professional. Brothers, either our God is the biggest farce the world has ever known, or He is the truth. And if He is the truth, then why are you not living like He is the truth? When's the last time you got in a dilemma and trouble and you said, we're not making a move until the Word of God speaks to us? We're going to pray. We're going to search the Word. We're going to be faithful to the house of God and see if God will speak through our pastor or through a guest minister who walks into this building to preach, but we're not making a move until God gives us direction. I'm frustrated. I want to pull my hair out. I want to do a hundred zillion things. Everybody's looking at me. Why aren't you doing something? Man, why aren't you doing something? Come on, man. You need to get something done here. They're not going to be in the storm when you are. I wouldn't listen to them. Nope. I get on my face. I say, Lord, we're in a dilemma. Like you're surprised. You led us to this point. We're trusting you're going to lead us through this point. And we trust you're going to lead us out on the other side. Here's our concern. What will we be like when we get on the other side, Father? So we've decided to seek your face until we know how to walk through this storm and come out victorious on the other side. I haven't even got to my four main points. It's the truth. So let me give you two quick things from the Word of God that you should memorize and then make them principles in your life. They're both in Psalm 119. Psalm 119.9 says, How can a young man stay pure? By obeying the Word of God. Young men, young women, you want to stay pure? Obey the Word of God. How can you obey what you don't know? You're going to have to get to know it. Psalm 119.11 I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do you have a problem with sin in your life? Hide the word of God in your heart. How do I hide the word? Memorize the word of God. I'm being so practical on this first day of a first Sunday of a new year. Memorize the word of God. How many of us, and I'm not asking for a show of hands because I don't want to be disappointed. How many of you have a pattern of biblical memorization? How many of you spend one day a week memorizing one verse? I already know my answer by the sheer silence in the room. 
and you claim that you believe this book and you claim that this book is precious and yet if I were asked you to give me an answer on the oneness of God many of you could not tell me don't tell me you love this book love causes you to interact with it Man, it is so quiet. See, this is how I read you. You're speaking loudly as I stand before you. We got, we got Pentecostals in this room been living for God for umpteen years who know little scripture by memory. And yet, Brother Josh, the book tells me in Psalm 119.11 that if I want to live a victorious life, I gotta memorize this book. We're looking for the next program. We're looking for the next counselor. I got one for you. The writer Isaiah calls him the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. You have a lack of peace in your life? Began to memorize a scripture on peace. And began to obey the Lord. You'll have peace when you began to obey the Lord. Boy, I'm preaching better than you're responding right now, but that's okay. Now, hopefully you'll walk out of here to obey. As we began this new year, let us determine what we're going to study and memorize some of the truths that Jesus spoke about in His Word. I'd encourage you. I'd encourage everybody in this room beginning this year. If you just, if all, I can't, I've gotten old, I can't memorize. You can do exactly what you want to. Your mind is as supple as you make it. I'm pinpoint my in-laws for a moment. Preach about them for a while. Isn't it great? I get the microphone, I get to preach again about my in-laws. Isn't that wonderful? And I don't ever, I'm going to give them the microphone ever. But here we go. They play a game. What's it called? Words with friends. Now it's 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 good that they, you know that they're doing that, but they got a reason for doing that, and I, I don't want to expose their reason other than to tell you, it's to keep their minds sharp. You can do exactly what you want to. Is your body still up and going? You can memorize. It may take you longer than a 16-year-old, but you can still memorize the Word of God. I may have to, I used to could memorize a verse in just almost nothing. I remember when I could, I could take Psalm 1-1 and I could have the six verses of Psalm 1-1 memorized with probably within 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, not 20 hours, but it'll be an hour or so before I get that down in my spirit. There's ways to do it. Go learn. There's tools. There's techniques. As they say, mnemonics that can help you memorize. But brothers and sisters, let's begin 2018. I suggest we get the red letter print. And let's just start memorizing what Jesus said and did. So that when your next trial comes, red letter print will come spewing from your lips. And you will minister to yourself and you will say, here's what Jesus did. This is what I'm going to do. So let me give you four points. 
of instruction concerning the Word of God for this year. In 2018, number one, let the words of Jesus Christ command your choices. Well, we've decided we're going to do this. Did you talk to the Lord? Did you talk to the Lord till you had an answer? Or is this just what your reason and mind thinks is good to do? Revelation 2, 1 through 3. I'm not going to read it, but it's uh, for the sake of time. It's just foundation stuff. Revelation 2, 1 through 3. Revelation 2, 8 through 9. Revelation 2, 12 through 13. All of this is Jesus speaking to the churches. And I didn't go to all of them. Six of the seven churches that Jesus spoke to through the writer John, he starts out every... We always hear about the part of those texts when he's talking about what they're doing wrong. Right? He starts out with every one of them but one church and tells them all the stuff they're doing right. Read it for yourself. Go home and read chapter 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation. You're going to find, except for one church, all the other churches, he tells them, I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. You're doing this. You've stood for the gospel. I know your poverty and how you've endured poverty and you've stood strong in spite of the. I know your faith and how you've been tested from various trials. And I'm, it's beautiful to watch how you've stood. He says, I'm going to tell you, you, you don't have a God who's not an encourager. He will encourage you. He'll use his word to speak life to you. You need to understand. You'll submit to him. He won't just come with heavy word. He'll come with encouraging word. He'll inspire your heart before he says, now we got some things to get right here. It's where they got the sandwich from in the first place was God. Those of you not in the business world, you won't understand that. Nevertheless, let the word of God command you. If God says you're doing it right, who cares what anybody else is saying? If he's saying you're doing it wrong, who ca- even if I walk up to you and say, man, you're doing so good, but you heard from the Lord. No, I'm not. You believe the Lord. Now, if you've got depression issues and you're all down on yourself, we'll pray you through. Jesus is not depressed about you. <laughs> oh, God, I'm preaching way too long. I've only, I haven't even preached an hour yet. So, man, I got another 45 minutes. Let's go. But hear me. God is so good to us and he loves us he loves us more than we love ourselves and when I read Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3 and he calls those churches his church man I feel pretty good read 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 to the God read to the, the Paul's apostles and the issues he has to address with God's church man we're pretty good we're getting along pretty good here quit being so depressed We may not be everything we ought to be, but we ain't everything we used to be. So let's keep rolling by the help of the Lord. It's interesting to note that of the seven churches, and I just told you that in chapter, and my second point too is in 2018, let the word of Jesus Christ correct your ways. All of us make mistakes. All of us make mistakes. All of us are mistake makers. We sin against ourselves. I think we sin against ourselves more than we sin against anybody. We sin against ourselves. We sin against each other. We sin against God. So we need correction. Don't hate correction. Love correction. He's trying to get you to heaven. And if we'll let Jesus Christ's words abide in us richly, we'll hear along with the words of commendation. We'll hear words of complaint concerning our characteristics and our lives that are self-destructive and that are harmful to us and harmful to others. He'll speak to us and say, quit doing what you're doing. He's eager to correct us, not because he hates us, but because he loves us and wants the best for us. 
He's not here to condemn us. He's not here to put you down. He wants us to achieve our best possible future by the help of his spirit. In Psalm 138, 80 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. And by the way, we are the work of his hands. He said he's going to perfect what concerns me. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in me will perform it or will complete it on the day of Jesus Christ. He's not a quitter. He's not a giver-upper. If you'll just surrender, he's going to finish what he started in you. Let him correct you. Let him correct you. It's not fun sometimes, but let him correct you. Number three, I'm hurrying through my four points. In 2018, let the words of Jesus Christ command you. I I got command twice. That's an accident. Oh, well, whoop-de-doo. As we read the word of God, we should look for words of of commandment, literal commandment from God. I read to you out of the book of uh, Matthew chapter 6 and 7, and I showed you where he gives explicit instructions on how to fast, how to pray, how to give alms. Read the word for clear instructions. Don't just read it like some book on the shelf, like some novel. No, 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 no. Read it to hear and understand. Read it to say, Lord, I'm here to hear what you have to say to me today. Man, if you, you know, we get under these, I I see it, and I'm not opposed to it. If it'll help you discipline to read your Bible every day, and so you have a chart that you're reading your Bible through, well, praise God. But dear Jesus, that's not why we're here to read it. My my mother reads the Bible through four and five times a year. Because all she does is sit at home. That's no brownie point. And I'm, I love my mother. Please don't mistake that statement. I think it's wonderful she's reading the Bible three, four, five times. Let me get all the caveats in here. That's not why you're reading the Bible. If I never read my Bible through in a year, I'm going to make it to heaven. Because he didn't give me a book. to. If you'll read all the chapters, you will go to heaven. It's not in there. You know why he gave me this book? Because there are some mornings... When the temperature is negative two and I'm still in my pajamas and my hair is going every which way and I'm sitting in the living room looking out at the cold weather outside and thankful I didn't have to be at work at six and one verse just keeps drilling me and drilling me and drilling me and drilling me and I can't get to the next verse because that verse I can't let go of. And he keeps talking to me. And he keeps talking to me. And he, in fact, I'm going to get really, cr- I'm, you know, I, I got a brain that's way out there. There's times it isn't even the whole verse. Sometimes it's a phrase. And I'm stuck on the phrase. And I'm like, dear God, I never saw that before. Wow. Speak to me, Jesus. Help me understand what that means. This happens to me frequently because I'm hungry to hear him speak. I've learned so many things at his feet. It blows my mind as I've just read a verse or two and said, oh, I can't believe it's eight o'clock. Dear God, I got to get going. (laughs) And I was on one verse. As the Spirit began to deal with my heart. And I sat there looking out the window, having spent some time in prayer, and just hearing His voice began to talk to me. Yesterday, 
Andrew, you were in a situation, son, where if you listened to my voice, you wouldn't be in this predicament right now. Or yesterday, son, I was so proud of you. You didn't even realize you were being tested. I'm telling you now, you're being tested. And you kept a good spirit. I know it's shocking. You kept a good spirit. That guy did deserve to be punched, but you didn't do it. <laughs> you could have blown his doors off with the word and just ripped him up one side down the other, but you just sat quietly. Proud of you, son. <laughs> It's, it's better to hear than to speak, son. That's how Jesus talks to Andrew King. And he'll do the same thing for you if you'll make room for him. I'm no, I'm no super spiritual. In fact, the longer I live and the more I know about him, the more carnal I think I am because I see how far I am from him. Hear me. I, I got to hurry for your sake. If we'll let his word live in us richly, he'll commission us. That word shouldn't be command. The word should be commissioned. Sorry about that. Let him commission you. If you'll let the word of God dwell in your spirit, it commission you. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 tells us, But you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not to shout, not to dance, not to talk in tongues, although those things are incorporated into it. Hear me? That's not why you got the Holy Ghost. It's not even to get you to heaven. He tells you why you receive the Holy Ghost. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you shall be witnesses. He gave you the Holy Ghost to be a witness. He filled you with His Spirit because He wants you to testify of Him. That you shall be witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The reason God gave you the Holy Ghost is so you would speak of Him with authority, with anointing, and with power. That's why He gave you the Holy Ghost. It saves you as well. Another subject, another day. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. If you'll just keep doing what He commands you and what He commissions you to do, brothers and sisters, you will not lose your reward in the end. 1 Peter 2.15 says, For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. By doing the will of God, by obeying God, you put to silence. It's not because you rose up and stood for your own rights. It's because you obeyed God. You put to silence the foolishness of, uh, the ignorance of foolish people. 1 Peter 4.19 So if you find difficult, if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it in stride. Trust him. He knows what he's doing and he'll keep on doing it. Stand to your feet across the building as I come to conclusion. We're beginning a season of prayer. Prayer and fasting starting tomorrow night. I wanted to preach another message today and I, I don't know but what I'll still preach this message here in this month. But great things have come out of prayer meetings. Earth-shaking things have come out of prayer meetings. 
But I want you to hear your pastor clearly. We, every year we create this list of, 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 of needs that get either written to me or spoken to me. By the way, let me clarify one thing while I'm thinking about it right here, right now. I am off of social media. So if you're seeking to communicate to me through social media, it will not work. You must use my email address. PSTRKing at HVChurch.com or call and leave me a message and we'll get your communication. But I'm on no social media right now. Here we go. We put this list of prayer requests out there and I think it's the will of God because the scripture tells us we should bear one another's needs, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the will of God. Man, my hair is long. I can't sleep for you tonight. You're going to have to do your own sleeping. When we leave here in another hour or so, I can go to the restaurant. I could go with you to the restaurant. But I can't eat for you. You're going to have to do your own eating. And as much as I want to pray for you, I can't pray for you. I can pray about you but I can't pray for you. You're going to have to do your own praying. Well, I'm not a prayer warrior. Then good luck living for God. Not possible. His children know how to pray. And if they don't, they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. I can't do those things for you naturally and I can't do these things for you spiritually. You're going to have to do it yourself. You're going to have to let the words of the Lord Jesus Christ dwell in you. That's what I've been preaching about today. I can't can't get the word in me for you. You're going to have to get it for yourself. I can't be the guru you want me to be because God never intended for that to be the case. You're going to have to get the book in your own spirit and know God for yourself. I can't do it as a surrogate for you. No one can pray for you. No no one can read the word of God for you. No one can study the word of God for you. No one can fast for... We can fast about you. We can read about you. We can do all the about you's, but we can't do it in your place. You got to do it for yourself. I know your mama prayed for you that you wouldn't be lost. Thank God she did. But unless you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ yourself, you're going to be lost. So, how about beginning today? A personal program of memorizing the verse, the word of the Lord. I suggested earlier and I suggest it again. Memorize the words of Jesus Christ for a while. Move on from there, but start there. So that when the Holy Ghost begins to deal with you, you'll have written the word of God on the mind of your heart and spirit. And when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you, He'll grab a hold of words that are billboards in your mind. And He'll begin to talk to your heart from words that are in your mind. And He'll minister to you. So as we close this this particular service, we bring this sermon, this message to an end. I know it's so practical, it's ridiculous. And pastor, we we need more emotional things to happen. We need an emotional move. No, you know what we need? We need to obey the Lord. You need to buck up and be men and women of God. 
You need to walk out to obey the Lord. Sometimes this becomes nothing more than a cover-up. Well, Pastor, I feel so guilty. My God, you preach better conviction. I know I ain't been reading my Bible. I haven't memorized a verse since Jesus was born. I couldn't quote a verse if I had to. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, please forgive me. I'll do better. Hey, man, where are you guys going to lunch? And after you've talked at lunch, you forgot what I sweat my guts out to preach to you. I'm telling you straight up truth. It's time for that foolishness to stop. And I'm using biblical terminology when I tell you that is foolishness. It's time to pack your bags, get in the car with the family and say we're going to eat. And I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about over food today. We're going to talk about the word of God. Man, our pastor, he's phenomenal preacher. Best preacher ever hit Bloomington. My God, the man's a preaching machine. I can't believe I'm kidding. Don't clap. That's a lie. That's all a lie. You sit down at the table and you say, kids, the word of God is the most precious thing that ever happened to us. I've, I've gained a new appreciation for the precious word of God. Our family's going to start memorizing the word of God. I'm the dumbest one in the family, dad. Come on, be a man. You don't need confirmation of your manhood. You are it. Why do you need somebody to affirm that? When you go to the bathroom, you confirm it all the time. You don't need somebody to come along and say, boy, you're quite the man. Be one. Leadership requires you to lead. Leadership means you don't have a whole lot of peers in the house. You're leading the house. If you're looking for everybody to love you, go get another occupation. Don't have relations with your wife. Don't have kids if you want to be loved. You're going to have to lead those yahoos. And they're going to hate your guts sometimes. That's called being a man. So everybody hates me, including your wife. Well, hallelujah. I must be doing something right. Oh, I want to say something. I better not. Let's leave that be. Nevertheless, go home, set a new precedent in your home. Don't walk out of this service and go home to be this exact same. And I know some of you are going to. I know as I stand before you right now, some of you are walking out that door to go home and be just the same idiot you were when you walked in. But I got a few of you who heard the word of the Lord. And you're going to walk out of here and say, yes, from this day forward, we're changing the way we do business at our house. Not just me, daddy, but the family's going to know the word of God. We're going to live for God. We're not going to be fools and go out of here and just forget what we heard. We're going to go out and make changes to obey the word of God. Now, don't, don't, don't put a bunch of rules down. Walk out of here. My, starting tomorrow, everybody's memorizing a verse every day. And I'm coming in at night before we eat. Nobody gets to eat until you quote the verse. Man, you are setting yourself up for failure. Tell them they can't go to bed until they quote the verse. <laughs> don't make dinner a bad time nevertheless uh, don't put a bunch of rules on walk in the grace of God make it a principle make it a priority of life we're going to memorize if you got to start out memorizing a verse a week and, and that you're praying the family's praying together for 15 minutes one time a week start somewhere but don't stay there I've got some of you who think I believe 15 minutes of prayer a week is good enough I don't believe that for no reason whatsoever
I don't even believe 15 minutes in the prayer room is enough. Some of you are convinced in your head, I'm okay with 15 minutes in the prayer room. I'm not. That's a starting point. Grow! Man, I've preached an hour and 10 minutes now. It's just grown without trying. I got so few notes, I think I've got like 10 actual notes. The rest is verses of Scripture. You know why? Because once you get this book in you, it will come alive and it will start feeding you stuff you never thought of. Thank God that's the Holy Ghost. Okay, I got to quit. I could preach for another hour because I'm tanked. Listen, brothers and sisters, I've had men look at this man. I'm not saying this in a braggadocious sense. God, please forgive me if I'm bragging. I'm trying to help your people. But I've had men call me on the phone, preachers. I've had, I've had leaders above me call me on the phone and say, Brother King, I can't understand how you endure what you endure. Dude, how do you not? That's what goes in my head. Brother, are you going to bail out on the will of God? I got his book. I got him. And I got some people he said, shepherd. Ain't been fun. Always. Ain't been good. Always. But here I am. And until he says otherwise, which he may say, but until he says otherwise, hell comes, high water comes, storms blow, my house gets blown with your house. I weep, I cry, I break. I say, why? And then he says, how? And I said, okay. I'm sorry for why, God. I'll just how it. Be strong in his word. Be strong in the spirit. And that does not come by emotion, by a bunch of emotionalism, although emotion is directly connected to it. When I stand in this room and they sing the beautiful songs of Zion, my heart connects with him. There is stuff going on in here because I'm in love with the one I've learned about. There's no reason to call prayer. If you're unsaved and you need to be born again, Get in your closet at the house and pray yourself through. The Bible doesn't say you had to be here. They didn't even have church buildings in the New Testament church. Just pray. Call an elder. Say, come over and pray for me. Let them lay hands on you and pray for you. All I'm telling you to do is get a hold of the book and begin to live the book, breathe the book, get the book in you, and start doing what the book tells you to do. And quit living by your own reason, stinking mess. Because you're just going to keep creating the mess. Start obeying God. Storms are still going to come. Don't, don't, don't be fooled by, fact, by the, thinking that storms aren't coming. They're coming. Difference is, if the storm comes, you'll hear a little breeze and you'll feel a little rocking and you'll feel the, 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 the trim and knocking. But if you just hang tight, the walls will still be there when the storm is done. Amen? Would you lift your hands to the Lord? And I'm asking you to do one thing, and that is thank God for His Word right now and commit your heart to obeying from this point forward. Come on, talk to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for the preciousness of the word of God. Thank you for the genuineness of your love and concern for me. And Lord, you speak to my heart to do what is pleasing in your sight and glorifies you. Let your word still speak. Like my 
understanding that I may know here and do what is the heartbeat of God Almighty. Lord, empower us through grace to live victoriously in the present generation. And I give you praise. I give you glory for what you're doing and what you will do in us as we obey you through the Spirit. So you're going to come and pray every night. And I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to offer you 152 excuses why not to come. It's a choice. Absolutely a choice. You could be here as, as to be anywhere else you could be. Make a choice. Make it before you start. Say, ask for me in my house. We're going to be there to pray. And when you come, we'll have a little journal for you to read. I'm trying to shorten them up a little bit. Have a journal for you to read. Read your journal. Pray, seek fact. I'd say pray first, then read the journal. But you do what you want to. I'm not here to tell you how to do all that. That's you and Jesus. Read the journal, pray. And for crying out loud, don't walk out of this place until you've opened the Word of God and spent some time in the Bible and said, Lord, speak to me. Now, i got to tell you, 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 you may not hear anything for a little while. Some of you are new to this. You won't quite recognize his voice. Even the, even the child Samuel didn't quite recognize the voice of God. Right? But after a while, if you'll keep listening, you'll hear his voice say some things, and you, you may not understand it. But you'll walk out, and the next day something will happen, and you'll go, Oh, my goodness gracious. He spoke to me last night. He gave me a word last night for this today. He's, he knows my world. Yeah, been trying to tell you that for 11 years. He knows what's going on. And he cares. And he wants to talk to you. And he wants you to talk to him. So don't walk in here with pre-formatted prayers. Walk in here to talk to Jesus. There's plenty of room in this building. We make it quite open. You can find any place to pray inside these, this room right here. We don't travel anywhere else. We got construction going on in the back. It's a mess. Please don't go back there. Okay? And it's going to get worse in the next few, few weeks. All right? So don't go back there. Stay right here. We may not be able to have child care for a Sunday or two. We'll work with that as we get there. Grace of God. Y'all just flow with the flow. If you'll pray lots, you'll, everything I say, you'll think it's okay. If you're, in, if you're in the Holy Ghost and praying like you ought to be praying, if I say, I think everybody needs to sit on the floor today, he'll say, hey, hallelujah. That, that just seems good to me too. <laughs> Nevertheless, walk in here to talk to Jesus. Don't go through motions. If that takes you an hour, if it takes you 10 minutes, do it. But don't stay at 10 minutes. Let the Lord grow your walk with him. Amen. God bless you. Get out of here. Have a great Sunday. We will see you tomorrow night. The building is open from 7 to 10. Be here and spend a little time in prayer in the presence of the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.